Brothers and sisters in Christ, well, confirmation is over here. Most graduations have been completed. School's out. Kids are home from college. Pentecost has been celebrated. And last week we honored the 165th birthday of this congregation in this place. And today is Father's Day. God be praised for faithful fathers who take up the mantle of spiritual leadership in their homes and model for their children and their grandchildren where true strength and godly living is to be found. And you know, that's kind of what Moses was doing when he went before the people of Israel as he came down from the mountain, recorded in Exodus chapter 19, our text for today. Before he gave them the Holy Ten Commandments, he set the stage by reminding them what he had done for them and then what he expected of them in return. And that's what we're going to consider this morning, what God has done for us and what he expects of his church, his disciples. Huh? So the Old Testament lesson for this Sunday reads, as it was read by me just a few minutes ago, God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel that I did what I did to the Egyptians. Remind them what I did to the Egyptians. How I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And then I pointed out those two words. Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be a treasured possession among all the peoples of the earth. The, all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's quite a, quite a commentary that the Lord gives to Moses to offer up to the people of Israel. You know, we're only a couple of weeks away from our nation's Independence Day, the day in which we celebrate our wonderful freedoms as Americans. And I've always found it very interesting that our nation's founders realized the importance of basing their freedom after the Revolutionary War upon the same set of laws that God had given to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. They're all over Washington, D.C., on the buildings at least, if not in the hearts. Look at the Supreme Court building, for example. Uh, I have three pictures there. The one in the upper left-hand corner is the entrance, the main entrance. And up above the doors of the main entrance of the Supreme Court building are statues of all the great uh, 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 lawgivers that have appeared in human history. But right in the middle, and there's a little insert of the middle character, it's Moses. And he's holding the Ten Commandments. And if you enter into the Supreme Court building, you will enter through these two huge oak doors over on the right of the picture in front of you. And engraved on each of the, on each of the doors are, guess what? The Holy Ten Commandments. And if you were sit, to sit down in the courtroom of the Supreme Court building, and that's in the lower left-hand corner, you could see again, you can hardly see it, it's so small, the nine seats uh, that the judges sit at, and then there's that purple draping above them, and then up above the purple draping, again, the Ten Commandments. Because as a nation of free people, 
Our leaders intended to build that freedom upon God's law, God's will, which had been given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Yeah, they too had been brought out of slavery. Not slavery from the Egyptians, but slavery to King George. And they were free now. They were free. Now therefore, that's the title of the message today, Now Therefore. We have just gone through the festival half of the church year liturgically. You know, we've celebrated Christmas and Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, Easter, Pentecost, right? God's great story of redemption again played out in the church year in the first half of the first year, started back in November. And now we are entering the summer months of what we call the non-festival part of the church year. But we're going to see after God's great plan of salvation, these three things, sin, death, and the power of the devil, as the crown of what God has done for us. Let's dig a little deeper into each one of them. First of all, sin. God has unlocked the chains that bind us in sin. You know, that's the language Paul uses in the book of Romans that we are in bondage, you know, we're slaves to sin. Oh, no, we're not. Christ has broken those chains. Sin is forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Stop and think about that. Don't gloss over it. This is powerful. This is miraculous. This is life-changing. Sin does not rule your life. You've been set free. Sin does not rule your life. It is as far removed as the east is from the west, the prophet says. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. Sin has been broken. And death. Before every funeral message I preach, I say a prayer that I, uh, a poem rather, that I found in the first parish that I served back in the 1970s. And it goes like this. If death is to enter the city and be hailed as a child of the king, then death, where hides your triumph? And grave, where hides your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Now listen, folks. We, you can be afraid, and I am a little bit too, of the time of my departure that maybe I'll be in some kind of pain or suffering. There's no happy way to look at that. And you can be reluctant to have to say goodbye to your loved ones, your family, your friends. But don't you dare think that as a child of God, death is the end. Oh, no, it isn't. He that believes in me, Christ said, shall live. Martha, do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Death has been defeated by the first fruits, by the Christ upon whom the tomb could not hold him. Sin, death, and the power of the devil. Really? The devil? The devil and his legions have been defeated. They are the ones who are now in chains. You can read about that in Revelation 18. 
you and I, along with Jesus, can say as he was tempted in the wilderness, it is written, get thee behind me, Satan. Be gone with your temptations. Forget planting doubt in me. Don't you dare plant doubt in me. I have the sure word of God, and I have it in my Lord Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Satan has no power over me. The only power Satan has got is to daily make life a little miserable for us because we've got to fight a battle. We have to fight a battle, a daily battle. But we're the winners because of what Christ has done for us. Sin, death, and the power of the devil. Victory over each of them and all of them is ours. Believe it this morning, my friends. Believe it. This is what the Lord has done for us. This is what the Lord has done for you. Now, therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words, Moses, I want you to speak to the children of Israel. So Moses starts then by sharing God's challenge. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant. Those two things. Okay, let's start with obey my voice. Now, obedience is not a good word in society today. As a matter of fact, it denotes weakness. We have a lot of trouble. It does not come easily for us to obey. Uh, kids don't naturally like to obey their parents. Students don't naturally like to obey their teachers. Employees resent obedience to managers. We don't really like to obey the government in all cases. And sinners really hate to be accountable to a holy God. But let's get real this morning. You've heard from preacher after preacher uh, that has come to you over the years reminding you that the law of God should not be understood as the ten suggestions. These are not God's ten suggestions. They are ten commandments. And we have no right to negotiate them. When it comes to the will of God in our life, we would make a huge mistake to ignore His design for life as he intended it to be. And we really abuse our freedom when we're tempted to rewrite God's holy. Really? You think you can rewrite the holy will of God, fit them, you know, to your own chosen lifestyle? We've done that in our country. We're doing it right now in our present culture. The idea of sexual purity and marital fidelity is laughed at. And remember that Sermon on the Mount teaching that as soon as you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart? Well, how that, how's that one going during this time of violence and hatred? And oh, that you shall not steal thing? How about all the smash and grabs and shoplifting and or need I go any further? Want me to keep going, as a matter of fact? False witness? You know, if you haven't got anything good to say about somebody, don't say it. Are you ready for the next 16 months of political advertisements that come on the TV. Our nation is ignoring, rewriting, negotiating the laws of God which are non-negotiable. We do it for our own benefit. Moral absolutes have disappeared, and that's what happens when we fail to obey. 
But that doesn't mean that the church is going to stop repeating the words of Moses to the people. From God, he says, Now therefore, obey my voice. You know the Ten Commandments. Review them. Measure your life according to them. And fall down in humble obedience every single day. Obedience. Obey my commands. Well, we move on to the second part of Moses' message from God. He says, keep my covenant. Well, what does that mean, keep my covenant? That one has to do with faith. The covenant, you remember, was given to Abraham. Go to this land that I will show you, right? And I will make of you a great nation, and from your nation will all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And what's necessary? Abraham believed. That's all that was necessary. And that covenant then was renewed over and over again to Jacob, to Isaac, to Isaac and then to Jacob. And God asked each of the patriarchs for one thing. Believe. Have faith. When God called Moses and told him to go to Pharaoh, Moses balked. And then God said, Moses, what's that you got in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. He said, throw it down. It turned into a snake. He said, Moses, pick up the snake. It turned back into a rod. That's all you need, Moses. The power of God. All you need to believe. Now go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses believed. Obey my voice and keep my covenant. He has a new covenant now in his blood. That night, that Thursday night, when he lifted up the cup, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Believe. Now a couple final thoughts. A life lived under these two simple truths, obey my commandments and keep my covenant, comes with it great blessings. God told Moses to tell the people that they would be his treasured possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Through obedience and faith, we're given the very mission of God. He now asks us to do his work like he called those 12 disciples in the gospel lesson. This is our summertime mission, folks. As summer gets underway, I don't want you to ever forget the high calling, high calling that we, together with the rest of the Christian church, has been given around the world to be in mission for him, but also personally, in our homes, with our families, down our street with our neighbors, on the job with our coworkers, at social gatherings with our friends. We are never off the clock. Anywhere and at any time, we are God's holy people, God's holy nation. Why? Well, St. Peter says in the first epistle at the end of the New Testament, he says, you are a chosen people, a holy nation that you, here's why, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, now you are God's people. And to conclude with this wonderful text from Exodus 19, there's one more final thought. 
So Moses came down and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. Will you bow your heads? Good and gracious God, we have been reminded again of all the things you have done for us. The great victory over sin, personal sin, death. We have nothing to fear. And the devil, hmm, we got power over him to overcome his temptations every day. Now therefore, what is expected of us? Obedience. Get our lives in line with your holy will. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit so that obedience is not a bad word, but a good word. Help us get in touch with the Ten Commandments. Let them be holy in our life. And as for that faith thing, that covenant thing, we know you'll always hold up your end of the bargain. You've done it in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, gracious God, Heavenly Father, Help us so that we can answer with the people of Israel long ago. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do.